Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, I tell you what, if Mark Redding's had a big head of hair, he'd be smashing his head along to that. The Southern River Bear, the boys out of Thornley. That's right, the Shelter Footy cast live from Backchat Studios. Will Schofield, Mark Redding's with you this Thursday. G'day, Skeet. Hello, Scoey. Yes, uh, I can tell you now, having twins and twin daughters has reduced my uh, follicle levels to a, uh, a not a very manageable level, but um, I'm speaking to a brother from another mother because uh, having little kids it can, can reduce your capacity to live as a normal bloke in a hurry. <laughs> oh, boy. Genetics are a wonderful thing. I've been bald for a very long time, as I believe you have too. Uh, a West Australian theme here on the Shelter Footy cast, a fridge full of shelters, uh, an empty keg, uh, unfortunately. Maybe we need to get a keg set up in here, a proper one. That'd be beautiful for a little morning record here. We do focus on West Australian footy to get things off with. Fremantle Dockers, West Coast Eagles. If you're not following us on socials, give us a follow, Shelter Footy Cast, or you can send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Find us over at YouTube. If you're listening, if you're watching, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. Now, the big moment of the round. Let's get straight into it. Tom Stewart, tribunal early in the week. He cops four weeks for his big and late hit on Dion Prestia. How did you read that situation, Skate? Oh, I think from the moment he was cited to go to the tribunal, he was always going to cop about four weeks, and he was remorseful. I, look... You could sit, tell a guy when he knows that he's done wrong, and he was completely up front. I think Tom Stewart, apart from the act itself, handled himself as well as he possibly could. As we discussed on Monday, the act itself, there's a split second to go, not to go. You know better than me, but look, that, I'd be very surprised if Tom Stewart does anything similar like that in the future. Does the MRP and the tribunal process and the suspension process stop or hinder incidents like this or will they just continue to happen and it becomes a part of footy and you just have to accept that blokes can get four weeks every now and then Uh, uh, my view whether it's two weeks four weeks six weeks eight weeks maybe tom stewart but i don't think it deters anyone else in that situation because of what i said on monday it's too quick you haven't had you know you know yeah you don't have time to think oh how many weeks i'm going to get here if i actually get him here 
So I just was thinking about that during the week, the actual concept of the tribunal and the MRP. Does it actually stop anything? Probably not. I mean, you're right. In, in the, the heat of the moment and the game, it's so easy to sit back and watch the match on a TV and watch the slow-mos, et cetera. But you're right. There's so, there's a lot to be said. I mean, if, if you go back 20 years in time from and, and look at some of the suspensions, if you said, oh, Tom Stewart, four weeks, you would have thought he'd Barry hauled someone. Yes. And it's far from that. And look, it wasn't wasn't a great act, but it was it in my mind it wasn't malicious. It wasn't. It was late. He got him in high. Um, you know, ordinarily going back in time would be a couple of weeks. He's a part of uh, one of the league's best backlines. I think probably Geelong sit alongside Melbourne and Fremantle as the top three backlines in the league. He is the more, most important part of that backline. So he wins the game off a couple of intercept contested marks late in that game against Richmond. They're going to be without him for four weeks. Geelong are serious contenders this year, sitting in the top four. Um, you know, there, there's a big band of, of teams below Melbourne, you know, one through to seven, only two games around them. Missing Tom Stewart, um, uh, that's a big loss for Geelong. I, I think he's their most important player, and they'll be without him for, well, four weeks, and they've got some big con- uh, you know, contests in that period. Can I just back up the truck? Did you say they're contenders this year? Well, because you absolutely smashed them about two or three weeks ago. Said they are pretenders. They might make the eight, but they're absolutely no chance to win the flag. Essentially, yeah, that's right, Skid. As you know, here on the uh, Shelter Footy Cast, we're prone to a couple of changes on opinions, and yeah, just like Port Adelaide for you and St Kilda. And no, I never said else? St Kilda could win the flag. I Port said Port, I thought Port Adelaide You've could make the down. eight. You've been up and down. I've there. been back and but they're a sort of team that they're seven and two in the last nine games. So there's a bit of there's been a change in the wind there. But yeah, Geelong. Look, I just wonder whether Chris Scott in brief has done just tinkered a little bit with their their season, why they manage players. Obviously, Stewart is something you can't control. But yeah, I just wonder whether he's just got a better handle on this group. And maybe it's a bit more open this year, minus with Melbourne as the the, the number one team, whether the the windows, they're open for them still. This one's come across the desk just now. Clayton Oliver has just signed a seven-year deal until 2030. So he must have one year left and he's extended it out by seven. So effectively, they'd redo the the other year. So it's an eight-year deal from now until 2030. I can't remember a midfielder getting a deal of that length. And you go back in time, Alistair Lynch, I think a 10-year deal, I think it was to go from Fitzroy to the Brisbane yeah, Lions which merger. which Extenuating circumstances almost. Exactly. The Buddy Franklin one is the most obvious one, the, yep. a decade deal. I can't think of any midfielder, not saying not worth it, but seven years, gee, one ACL, uh, yep. drop off in form, whatever the case may be, that's a great commitment and well done to Clayton Oliver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cliche is, um, you know, midfielders is sort of dime a dozen a little bit and, and uh, you know, key position players don't grow on trees. But he is one of the best midfielders in the competition now. I just think midfielders more than others, others can catch up and, you know, have great seasons in the midfield. Whereas, like, Buddy Franklin's just always been one of the best. Josh Kennedy just always been one of the best. It's really hard to catch a prime-time key position player. Whereas midfielders, you see guys pop up all the time. You know, that you may not expect to have a good season, and they come and have a great season. So Oliver's starting to build a body of work. But to commit to that for seven years... It's a big commitment. And also, they're in the premiership window now. So yep. even if they win this year and next year, for instance, as, as an optimum, you would have thought, to, to win a hat-trick would be extraordinary for Melbourne. But given what they have 
ahead of him with his contract, the back end of his contract, as cycles go, is when Melbourne's going to be probably on, on the decline. That's how history shows. That's the sort of deal you give a future captain. I wonder if he could ever captain the club. Why Max, not? Max got, well, I... Uh, from what I've seen from him in public, now this is never a reflection of what they're like in, in the four walls. I don't think he looks like captain material. Uh, he's a great player, fantastic contested ball winner, one of the best in the competition. But he doesn't come across to me, and this is, again, public perception, don't know him at all, as a as a captain. Um, I think you need a bit about you, the way you hold yourself publicly with the way you speak. You can be quiet. You know, Shannon Hearn, quiet captain, great captain. But he seems uh, – I think he's the sort of player that needs to focus on being great and, likes, be, and be one of the best midfielders in the competition, which he already is. And likes playing second fiddle in that leadership. It just feels like he, yeah. he's quite happy to sit back, do his job. And he mightn't be a captain, but he might well be a Brownlow medalist yeah, this exactly year. Yeah, exactly right. And you'll probably take that, I reckon, if you're the Melbourne Demons. Uh, last one, a little bit of a local one. Nick Nananui's back, I think. Are we going to play him yes. in the AFL if we're, if we're West Coast? I don't think he's playing. Well, put it this way. He's not playing for the Eagles this week in the Waffle because there's no footy to be played. Okay. So he's going across to Melbourne. He's playing at the MCG. Um and I think, interesting, his discussions and talks about Luke Jackson possibly coming west, the fact that he he won't be used as trade bait. He's going to stay here irrespective. So he's just said, basically, I'm not yeah. going anywhere. So that not not that he was, I, I don't think, in discussions at the West Coast as so, possible. Simon Goodwin's a bit prickly in his press conference this week, just rolling out a few statistics around Jackson's draft age and, and draft position. He was top three pick, what he's been able to do in his short time in the competition. I think he's drawn a bit of a line in the sand with anyone coming for him, and whether that be West Coast or Fremantle, they're going to have to pay up big. Well, no different to Adam Chera, who's yep. a, a top five, I think, pick for for, West, uh, for Fremantle going back all those years. Is that the midfield key position conversation again? I just think it's a conversation of a quality player, and, and Luke Jackson's exactly that. All right, talking about Nick Natanui, West Coast play Richmond. Let's get into West Coast and Frio games for the weekend. Saturday, 2.10pm at the MCG. A big game uh, in terms of schedule, time. It's Saturday, Arvo at the G. Well, it is, except it's Sunday, Arvo at the G. <laughs> it's Sunday. You've been sold another pub. It's Sunday at that's the G. Microphone on over there right now. <laughs> put, put your hand up and just, just, just say we put it on the teleprompter for Scoey to read. That, that's on me. <laughs> Charlie's in today. So Charlie's had one shot at the title, and he's uh, he'll get to the G a bit early for the match, but that's okay. Um, and you know what? The great thing about Scoey in this show for Shelter, he takes responsibility for all mistakes. Not <laughs> very good. So it is Sunday, and while I'm talking, one, one of the two blokes behind the cameras might just want to have a little scroll through and see if the rest of them are correct before we get there. Now, uh, big game on the calendar. Not so much a great matchup. I think Richmond are flying at the moment. West Coast have improved. Geelong played well. Essendon played well, but against an opposition who quite – we'll get to Essendon later. They're in poor form. Uh, they play a great team on their home deck. Hard to beat them at the G, I think. Absolutely. Now, Richmond's winning this, but I think what we've seen in the past fortnight with West Coast is that the back end of the season, they are going to be a team that will be very tricky to confront, particularly – in Perth, yep. um, they're not going to be playing finals, but uh, you know whether it's a derby or whether it's against um, a team later in the season, Carlton coming here, just yep. it, they're going to be a tricky matchup with their best team in. Yeah, correct. So Josh Kennedy, uh, six ninety eight, he's up to with five last weekend. That's six ninety eight goals for West Coast. So as we've spoken about a few times on this podcast, 
He does have that in his sights, so that could be this weekend, which would be a big moment for him personally. And Jack Darling plays 250 games. How will he be – I mean, what has he won back the fans? I mean, the, the, the playing group, we know what happened with the vaccination, etc. But do you think he's won back the fans and that's, that's all dissipated because he's got a bit of form under his belt now? He played his best game last week, I thought, and not on the back of you know, his contribution in the stats department or goals department, but the way he played looked – Really like Jack Darling. It actually looked like a bit of an improved Jack Darling, like some of the best footy I've seen him play last weekend. So, as always, your footy land's a very fickle landscape, and you know, winning like they did and playing well often lets people move on a lot quicker. So, I think potentially, yes, just on Jack Darling 250. We interviewed uh, Dustin Fletcher on back chat uh, last week, 400 games, one of five players to ever have done it. Asked him, could anyone play it? Um, David Mundy down the road. He's on the way, but he's got to get through probably one and a bit seasons. What's he, 366? He's in the top 10 now, but he's a season and a half away, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Jack Darling's 30 years old, 250. He'll play another 10 games this year-ish to get him to 260. I could see him playing for another four or five years. At West Coast? I could see him playing for another four or five years. You say that – hang on. So this is – this is some a player. He is, and Nick Nat said, "There's too many old players." Just, just changing tack briefly yeah. for trade talk. Uh, is he one that provides value for four or five years? I'm not going to put it out there and say Jack Darling is going to be traded. No, by no, but he, but he's a player that in terms of potential and talent, he's a great potential. player. A great, he's player. been a great player for a long time. A consistent player. If you're challenging for a premiership, Jack Darling would add value to your team. Correct. So. I don't know if it's at West Coast. I think he'd love to play at West Coast his whole career. But, you know, there are trade talks talking about Melbourne and Jackson being one of them. So wherever he plays, I think he can play 400 games, which is uh, – he just rarely misses a game. So let me quickly ask you that. Again, if there was a possibility of Luke Jackson coming to the Eagles, would you put potentially would uh, Jack Darling to Melbourne with another sweetener perhaps in there from West Coast get the job done, do you think? Put it this way – to get Luke Jackson to West Coast or Fremantle, you you have to trade picks as well as players. Yes. So um, if you're going to put a player in there, there's no player on each list. I mean, Nat Fife maybe, but he's getting old. I don't think Melbourne would do a straight swap for Nat Fife no. um, or Jack Darling or any, anyone really. So you're going to have to add picks. West Coast have been burnt in the last five years by not having any picks at the draft. And I think they'll be really hesitant to trade any sort of pick. Melbourne will be gunning for the pick. West Coast going to have a high pick this year. If they could get a quality player and pair it with a lesser pick, maybe that gets the deal done. But It's all hypothetical. You're taking me down the trade talk, and I don't (laughs) like doing that at all. No, no, fair enough. Jack Darling can play 400 games was my point initially. Do you think... That could happen. He's very durable. And you know what surprises me? If you said to someone's 250th for Jack, it, yeah. it feels like it snuck up. So it doesn't, I would say 150, 180 next to his name. But he just played so much footy now. He and Andrew Gaffer in the same draft. Gaffey's on 246. Um, Jack a lot of footy. They just never miss. Hmm. But both of them. They played a lot of footy. Uh, Gaffey's behind him because of the suspension against Brayshaw. That's True. basically it. Um, Harry Edwards played well in the waffle last week. He had 23 marks. I in saw the some of that. 30 touches, 23 marks. He's a potential in. Uh, and maybe a Jamison and Rothen come out for Nananui and Edwards, potentially. Dion Prestia, of course, missed with uh, H, uh, H&S protocols. Uh, not H&S protocols. He's concussed. Uh, and Castagna might come back for him. He's a good player, Castagna, and they dropped him a couple of weeks ago. So who do you pick? Richmond, MCG. As you said last week against Geelong, they just play that ground so well. And it won't be 109 points, 
but it might be 59. I'm going to pick. Don't you Richmond. Richmond. Fremantle v Port Sunday, 320 off the stadium. Got that one right. Correct weight. Uh, so we've got both West Australian teams playing on Sunday. So a bit of a super Sunday for everyone. Get a couple of shelters into you as you go. Frio coming off a big loss against Carlton. Um, playing Port Adelaide at home. Is this a danger game for Frio? Absolutely. Because Ports, as I said, won seven of their past nine. Mm. It's getting a bit of a run on here. And they lost their first five, which I think in essence will cost them their season in terms of anything meaningful, finishing in the top four or even top eight perhaps, but they're playing some decent footy. Gold Coast was a challenge for them last week. Wouldn't underestimate beating the Suns at the moment because they're a pretty good side. Uh, and interviewed Connor Rosie last night, and he said they've got a, a good feel about the way their pressure is. Their pressure acts have, have gone certainly north over the past couple of months, and that's helped uh, all aspects of their game. So I like them. I think they've got... Um, They've got the quality to test Fremantle on Sunday. I don't know if you like Port or or don't like Port. Yeah, you're up and you're down. They, you what, mean specifically? Yes, you specifically. Oh. What? What? A, tell, tell. Is is Port Adelaide a good team or not? They are a good team. I think they're a good team, and but a bit like a horse in a race that the gates open, you miss the kick by five or six lengths. You're going to struggle to yes. to beat a quality field in say a Melbourne Cup or a Cox Plate. Port Adelaide have missed the kick by five or six lengths in a, in a footy sense. And so they're playing catch-up all year. So in that sense, they're a good side, had a bad barrier temperament, missed the kick, and they may sneak into the eight, they may not. But again, they're a good, they're a good side. They, they just had a horrible start. I say overall Fremantle's winning. That's my pick. You're picking mm-hmm. Fremantle? I am indeed. They're going to smash Port Adelaide. I think they're going to absolutely... Um, Port Adelaide come over here. I don't think they, they travel particularly well to the west. Um and I don't think they're that good. Uh, adversely to you, I don't think Port Adelaide that, are that good. Yes, I did pick. I, I picked them for the Premiership. But you know what? I've changed that now. And then, <laughs> you like that? You like that? Well, it's in Brisbane for the Premiership. And yeah. there's, they're, well, they're thereabouts. Okay. But, yeah. but uh, Port Adelaide are going to get smashed by Freo this week. Freo bounce back against a trip to Melbourne where you just don't win all of those as a West Australian team. So I'm not concerned at all by Flag Mantle. I mean, Fremantle. Um, Zach, Butter, Zach Butters could come back into the team. He's an important player for Port Adelaide. Um, Mickey Walters a chance to return for Freo, who's on the same side, a very important player for them. Yeah, had the calf. Um, I'd say he's been out for a fair while. Heath Chapman's hamstring must be pretty serious. Yeah, that's what I was I was uh, writing about some backline stuff this morning and writing about Fremantle's back six. And I sort of got through, you know, Ryan, Cox, Pierce, Logue when he's down there, uh, Clark. And then I was like, well, who's oh, a young? And then I was like, who's missing? And it's, and it's Heath Chapman. So he must have... Like done a fair they, twing. They can they can come out to sort of six weeks if you do a decent job with them. But usually a usual hamstring is a twenty one day turnaround, and you're able to uh, you know play at the back end of that twenty one days, and it's been longer than that. So I think you're right. I hope it's not a tendon. They haven't come nah. out and said that. No, nah, that, that's don't. when you get yourself into really trouble because you can keep doing them. They're reoccurring. So hopefully he's just rehabbing. They're being a bit more cautious, given he's a young guy. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. And his uh, his return will be. Absolutely uh, welcome by the Dockers. We're both picking Fremantle, and I think they'll win by five to six goals. Okay. Oh, so I, the way you're talking about Port Adelaide. I, no, think, I, think, I think they're a good side, okay. but I, I do agree with you. They, they've been up for a fair while. Yeah. I, I think that loss by Fremantle last week will actually, as you say, going getting beaten by Carlton, a top four contender, that's that happens. So I'm, I think that'll sting them, and they'll, they'll bounce back pretty hard. Close to a 10-goal win for Fremantle. So if you haven't looked at the line, I'll be having a look at that one. There you go. You are on the Shelter Footy Cast with Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. 
Let's get through the West rest of the round. Uh, I, for some reason, put a W in that sometimes. I think this is one of the games of the week. Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs this evening at the Gabba, 5.20 West Australian time. Big game for both teams. Brisbane setting s- second on the ladder. Western Bulldogs around that group towards the bottom of the eight. How do you see this one going? I'm just – Brisbane, I can't quite get a read. They were terrible against Melbourne yep. at the G. They've played – which Very, many have been. Yeah, but many you have to win the grand final this year and beyond at the MCG, and they haven't yep. played. I think they've won there since about 2015 or something. So they've been yep. they've been poor there for a long time. They do get Dane Zorko, Zach Bailey back. They're they're all you, you always you know it's like Geelong. You, you cannot tip against Brisbane up at the Gabba uh, yep. nine out of ten times. You just drawn that way because they play the ground so well. They play um, a lot better footy at the ground. Did the Bulldogs beat? Brisbane at the Gabba last final. year. Is it a final? Yeah, Bailey Smith, I believe, starred late, kicked three goals. Well, I ain't going to be there. Okay. So, okay. no. But, no, the Bulldogs, again, they're a team that uh, – we've seen them play some super footy yep. and play some really indifferent stuff over the, the past three months. Why is that? Uh, well, I would say that's probably expanded across years. I think the Bulldogs have never been that dominant side, even when they won the flag in 2016. They came from – Way deep. Yeah, that's 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 a generation ago, effectively. That, that's not the same group of players that's playing right now. But even last year, they made the grand final. They did it the tough way. Correct. And, and they had to win a lot of games late. Uh, they, they didn't start well last year either. So I think that's just the way they play. Their game style is not one... It, look, it, it's not the one that doesn't stand up in big games because when they're on, they're on. But I think it lends itself to some inconsistency. And that's why... You've seen them lose against sides they haven't, they shouldn't lose against. But it's why you see them beat good teams is because when it clicks for them, they've got every tool to be able to succeed. We haven't seen Josh Bruce back. I know he came back into the VFL a couple of weeks ago. He still hasn't returned to the senior side. I don't think Charlie is that. Yeah, I don't think he has. No, I mean it's it's coming up for a long term need because Norton because yeah, correct. But Norton is the standalone target up there. Needs a chop out, doesn't he? He needs someone. He needs someone to pair with him. You know, like Cameron and Hawkins, that sort of stuff. Well, that's when they were playing really good footy last year. Was when yeah. Norton and Bruce and Norton could get a bit of separation or get a bit of a hand from someone else as that other option. So yeah, his return will be important. Now look, Devin Robertson, WA kid's been dropped. Just wonder whether. Good player. A Fremantle or a West Coast mm. would, would just have a look at him, depending on how happy he is up there. Um, Jared Berry's 100th game. And for the Bulldogs, Jack McRae, 200, 200 games, I think it is. Yeah, 200, yeah. 200 games to him. Um, the important one, I guess, uh, from a Bulldogs perspective, is that uh, Lockie Hunter is back. He's, he's been playing in the VFL, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he's had some issues yeah, off field. and a break. Yeah, he's had some, maybe some mental health. I'm not sure, but he can play. Absolutely. He's a big, important part because he – he plays that real outside. You know, McRae the used, run. McRae used to do that, but McRae's more of an inside mid now. I think McRae used to be sort of like an Andrew Gaff, but he's he's you know shifted his game to go inside. And, and Lockie Hunter is that guy that he's just out running around by himself getting ball, which is important. You need guys like that. So I think he adds a little bit. Oh, I can't go past Brisbane at the Gabba. Yes, Lions for me. Um, and good luck to young bloke called... Bedendo, who makes his debut for the Dogs, always a big uh, occasion. Yeah, debut. I like that. Dominic um, Bedendo. And I'll, it's I'll a good let, commentary I'll, name as well. I was going to say, you, you give a bit of that in the commentary? As, as well, as only one bloke I know that would completely butcher that name, Dominic Bedendo, is our mate, Lee Spur. Yes, correct. Carlton <laughs> v St Kilda, Friday night, 5.50, Marvel Stadium. Um, I think this is another good game of the round. St Kilda need to show something because – 
they are very, very quickly slipping completely out of contention. I'm not going to put them in that category yet. I'm not going to say they can't play finals and they can't contend because they, again, probably like the Bulldogs. When they play well, they've got a good side. They've got everything that, you know, puts them a part of a good team. They've got a good ruckman, a good midfield. They've got a key forward that does their job. They've got backmen that can play a role. But they've been inconsistent. And coming against up, up against a Carlton, who they don't have a back line. They've got a great midfield. They've got a good forward line. But they don't have any key position backs. But they're able to get the job done last week against Fremantle and are certainly in you know, really good form. And if they can stop King, which is St Kilda's only avenue to attack. And yep. I disagree with you. I, I don't think St Kilda – I think they're fake news this year. I think they, they are not contenders. They are not even close to contenders. They've played some decent footy. They might sneak into the eight. But no, nah, they're, they're, they're a long way off the better better sides in the comp, in my opinion. Okay, well, uh, Carlton will get back uh, the want away, Fremantle Docker, Adam Chera. <laughs> yes. He comes back. Uh, they've got a great midfield. Walsh, Cripps, add Chera to that mix. Oh, Kennedy slides through. Yep. Um, they, they, they've got uh, a good Hewitt. team. Yeah, they've got a very good team that seem, no, it, it, it at first glance looks like it's come together out of nowhere, but it's been building under David Teague. Yep. Right? They, they were building. Yes, they weren't getting performance, but they were building a chemistry. And then Michael Voss has almost been, you know, the icing on the cake a little bit. He's been able to tie it all together nicely. They get some back-of-house stuff with Brian Cook and some, you know, extra assistant coaches. Ash Hansen, from all reports, is one of the next uh, uh, head coaches in the competition. And funnily enough, speaking to someone that would know, um, I think there's going to be some coaching movement at the end of this year. I think there's some coaches under pressure. I think Essendon would be one of them. Rutten. North, David North, Noble North is in Melbourne. a world of pain, according yep. to reports. People like to throw around Gold Coast, but I think they've they've played well enough to you know secure that position. But I think there's going to be some head coaching jobs up for grabs. Two guys, two ex-West Coast Eagles that I play with, both of them are right at the top of the table. Ash Hansen, who's been at the Bulldogs and he's now at Carlton, and Jamie Graham, West Coast, now Fremantle assistant coach. I'm hearing both of those names are right in contention for head coaching jobs at the end of this year. Wow. North Melbourne, though, just in, in, in a very 20 seconds, you get off of the, that job as, as a young coach. You're going to take it because most would do. But, gee, it's a, it's a, that is – talk about Mount Everest. You'd have to have the attitude, if I can turn something around here, I'm starting from, from a very low base. Low base. And get, get them sort of to 10th, 11th, 12th. That is a huge result. you know. But that's, again, all hypotheticals. But, yeah, it's uh, sometimes best just to hold your fire when it comes to coaching. Uh, who have we got in this one, St Kilda or Carlton? Uh, look, I think St Kilda will be will be better because they were so poor. I thought on a couple of occasions the last two weeks, and Sydney just strangled them. Didn't yep. allow any ball. It was the pressure got to them, uh, as in the pressure that Sydney applied on them. I think Carlton wins in essence because of again last week their midfield and their two key forwards, and that that's why they deserve to be considered a top four team. St Kilda. You can't St Kilda. I'm picking St Kilda. Well, they do play. They do play Marvel really well. So I don't. I don't think this is a gimme game for Carlton. No, I, I just Jack Steele return last week was very good. He continues on. I think. I think this is a bit of a do or die game for for St Kilda, and I think it's going to be a really tight contest. And I need to pick something different to you. So I'm going to go St Kilda. Essendon v Sydney Saturday, eleven forty-five. The early game. Essendon having an absolutely abysmal season. Abysmal. In their, in their 150th year celebrations, they've dished up, what is it, um, a good win against Hawthorne, 
a nice win against St Kilda. Outside of that, Puparama, as you would say, it's been rubbish. And and we saw it firsthand uh, last Friday. Even though you were off with the fairies with your migraine, it was you, <laughs> it was it was the defence of the Bombers which might have given you that headache. They were yeah. terrible. I think so. Look, they went a bit small against West Coast. They they played Ridley on Kennedy, which. You don't see Ridley getting those big jobs that often. He did his AC join, I reckon, by the looks of things. So he was playing, you know, winged a little bit, but they didn't have a lot of key defensive options. I still think Essendon need to go completely back to how they were playing last year come finals time, which is how they made finals, just all out attack. That they can't they can't set their game up on this blue collar thing that keeps getting talked about from Essendon because their list does not support that. Isn't there what was what we saw on Friday to some degree along those lines with all I mean they, yeah, they kicked a score but <laughs> unfortunately yeah, the other mob kicked 100 points for the first time this year so <laughs> they, they were I thought they were attacking enough but once they turned it over or the ball got into the hands of the opposition yeah. good luck defending yeah so maybe oh look oh, there's oh. a lot of holes in their, their list and you pointed this out a couple of weeks ago rightfully so that they've got and we compared them to West Coast and, and you said West Coast for me in a better spot yeah and you're probably right and they are which you, you wouldn't have said that before the bye though West Coast are in trouble there too so I think this is one of the worst teams going around the competition at the moment they play Sydney who this is still my ride or die team a little bit this year I'm, I'm still high on them I think they've got a great back line McCartan Brothers Rampy Lloyd uh, they can build a, a, a mount of the premiership I, I think they can really challenge for a premiership this year their best is good they've been inconsistent but that comes with a young team you got to remember this is a young side from uh, Sydney they have they have some senior stars they have Buddy Franklin yes Rampy's uh, getting a little older but they've got a young team built around a process that I think come finals time works they're a strong defensive team and they can counter attack quickly from their back line yeah, I don't totally disagree, but if you're thinking contenders, you've obviously got Melbourne and Fremantle near the top. They're, they're in that that sort of – if they get to a prelim final, for me, that would be a huge result for this group. Melbourne, Brisbane, Fremantle, Geelong, top four, which is current top four. Yep. And then I think Sydney and maybe Richmond as the real dark horse. Fair um, cool. Uh, going with Sydney no, here, by the way. Absolutely. Yes, and I won't get near them, like being disgraceful. Adelaide v Melbourne, Saturday Arvo. This is the Saturday Arvo game. It's the SC – <laughs> Can't be the SCG, Scoey. <laughs> who wants to turn the microphone on? Who, 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 who wants to turn it on? This is getting ugly now. Charlie? This is getting ugly. Charlie? Yeah, that's me, that's me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having, just to, to the defence of Charlie, if you're reading the news in a studio and I, I the, did the audio cue pops up I and did you go, pull myself up. Instead of saying, hello, I'm Will Scoey, <laughs> and you say, hello, I'm Rick Arden, maybe you need to have a good hard look at yourself as well. <laughs> Remember who you are, Scully, and what you are. Don't uh, just keep reading words uh, off on audio and think that's someone else's fault, you numpty. Oh, Rick Arden. Oh, shit. That is as good as it gets. Adelaide, Melbourne, who cares where it is? Uh, Melbourne are going to absolutely spank the Adelaide Crows. They're coming off their first win in four, Melbourne. So, uh, yeah, that's... Did the, I, where did I say it was? The SCG. Anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Adelaide Oval. <laughs> I can't get over Rick Arden. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, Rick. Hello, Rick, if you're listening. Uh, last year, Adelaide defeated Melbourne. Do you remember this? Yeah, controversially so, with a deliberate out of bounds, I think it was. That's right. And it was again, and then whoever kicked it kicked it off there. Shin Dawson? Might have been Dawson. Um, you can have a look at that, Charlie, if possible. Um, so they've got a record here. They can beat good sides, Adelaide, when they're potentially not going that well. Is this one of those games? I think it's more a case of Melbourne have just found that. That bit of mojo that they were chasing after a bit of a slump. So I think Melbourne's on the way back on the 
trajectory north. So, I, look, they might not win by a cricket score, but I think the class of the Demons and uh, I think Clayton Oliver, let's hope once he signs that long-term contract, often players just um, get fall asleep at the wheel. I, I'm assuming he'll he'll want to put in a, another stellar he's, performance. Well, he's had a great year. He, he's up there in Brownlow medal contention this year. Um uh, Max Gorn will miss again. So that's still important for them. And the guy we've been talking about, Luke Jackson, will play in the ruck as a standalone again. Very good last week as a standalone ruckman. He'll go again against an Adelaide side, yeah, who I think have been underwhelming. They'll look to improve as they go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. One one thing that did come out of Adelaide last week was uh, uh, Matty Crouch being dropped um, and went back to the Sandfall. Some people were calling maybe you should be looking to get out of there. I saw something from Bryce Gibbs uh, chatting about that, which is kind of ironic given mm. that sort of whole situation. He had 42 touches in the sample last week, so perhaps he returns. Who knows? They've obviously tried to send a message, you know, Matty Nicks and the crew down there. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, I pick Melbourne. You pick Melbourne. Yep. Uh, Riley Thilthorpe, by the way, could return. I've liked him when I've seen him. Uh, young player, of course, high draft pick. But yeah, it's the demons for us, uh, whether they play it in Sydney, Adelaide, they'll be winning. Geelong, North Melbourne, <sighs> Sunday. Could this be the ugliest game of the year? At GMH in terms of scoreline? Stadium. It really could be, but we have seen the West Coast Eagles play a couple of sides this year. and just Like, like I said at the time, losing by 100 points is... Bloody difficult. It's really hard to do. Uh, we, 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 well, we saw Essendon play like absolute garbage last week, right? right? Yep. You, you, you were critical and they lost by 10 points. Like, That's to true. lose by 100, you need to not score and you need to let the opposition yeah. score at will. Like, it's very difficult to do. So I don't think they're going to lose by 100 points. They've got to have some, you know, they talk about the shin bonus spirit and that gets bandied around. They're losing respect for that as every day goes on with their efforts on the field. You're not going to win every game. You are not, and you're not expected to, but you must show effort and grit and shin bonus spirit in this case, North Melbourne. They've got to rock up and not lose by 10 goals. We've spoken about this before. I'm just not sure when we're looking to one, two, three years ahead. Jason Horn francis obviously number one draft pick if he stays around. Um, Jackson... Archer yep. made his debut. You want to be able to see, as we have a little bit, not saying the Eagles have, have done this perfectly either, but whether it's a Red Bazo come through, Brady Hoff, seeing some four or five young players, you go, okay, that's that's the starting point. Oh, I'm not sure North have got much in that department that I've, I mean, Cameron Zur has a talent, but he's no no baby in AFL terms anymore, is he? No. I mean, they, they, look, to be honest, I haven't seen enough of North and wanted to see North this year <laughs> to, to, to examine their, their list, but there just doesn't seem that that one or two players go, you know, Nick Larky's a good player, but again, it, there just doesn't seem to be a half a dozen players think, right, there's their future. You'd be out of there. If, you, if you're Jason Horn francis like, I don't think it's controversial anymore to say you'd be straight out of there, wouldn't you? Like, what, what, what future does the club hold at the moment? Not, not a great one, especially for a good player. Yeah, well, I, I, monetarily it might be good for him. He might be get a really good contract because they don't have anyone else to pay. But dollars, success, weigh them up. Geelong wins. All right, Geelong wins absolutely. Gold Coast Collingwood. Um, this is correct. Okay, Saturday, five twenty-five. So match we of went, the round. We went Sunday that last game, but we're back on Saturday. Gold Coast Collingwood. I, I think it is a big game. It is the yeah. I think it's the game of the round too. Both teams vying for top eight position. Collingwood trying to consolidate what they've done over the last five weeks. I think they're going for five in a row here. And Gold Coast, probably one of the most informed teams in the competition. Big game. Metricon. Who wins? 
Uh, I actually like Gold Coast. Yep. I think I think what we saw from Collingwood last week against the Giants, uh, they led by five goals. The Giants got to within a kick and a half. I just feel that it's so hard to win. I think you said they've won five in a row, Collingwood. Yep, yep. Pretty hard to win this six. Be, I think this will be five. Yeah, so it's hard to win a lot of matches in a row in this type of competition. Yep. And Collingwood's a, a good side, but I think the Gold Coast Suns, up there are a four-goal better team. Um, Lukosius, a silly chance to return from his knee. I'm not yep. sure whether that will actually happen. Jordan Degoe. Jordan Degoe. Do you think we'll see him back? I think he'll be available, won't he? He'll be available. Um, he's been he's back in break, so training. He made himself unavailable. It was kind of weird seeing the – you know, Craig McRae came out and spoke. I thought it spoke really well. He spoke about, you know, wrapping their arms around someone who's been struggling. Um, he's clearly – made errors he's clearly not perfect but we do want to get him back at the football club and help him improve as a person I thought he spoke really well but he also spoke about the fact he didn't know where Jordan was it was self-imposed it wasn't the club didn't tell him not Mm. to come in so that's always an interesting situation as a player or a teammate when your own teammate doesn't come in Um, just tell me Dan I can't read what you're showing me Um, bottom line is Gold Coast I think to win, I think they've done uh, showing their form line over the past. Just like Collingwood's been pretty good. I'm taking them as my uh, my selection. I'll pick. Uh, who'd you pick? You pick Gold Coast. I did. I'll take Gold Coast. Apparently, Eddie McGuire said that Dugowie is set to play. Right. I wonder how Eddie Eddie would still have every finger in every pie. At well, Jeff there. Brown's the president, and they they are best mates. And okay. Jeff came out a couple of days ago, I think, uh, at a uh, AFLW season wind up and and. Dropped a Jordan Degoe joke, which didn't go down all that well with... Uh, what was the joke, do you know? Oh, about the, some of the girls going overseas, the ladies going right. overseas for a holiday, and just said, don't do a Jordan Degoe, sort of in, right. in sense of behaving yourself. Look, it's a bit... We're talking about the political correctness, probably yes. a, a step too far, but maybe not the right time or place. Jeff's owned that. It's, yeah. it's, but i tell you what, you've got to be careful what you say in public now, which... Begs me, which which makes me wonder. A couple of microphones in our face. <laughs> Two microphones right next to our faces. A couple of Jats crackers going on there. Uh, GWS at Hawthorne Sunday, one twenty Giant Stadium. So a home game for GWS. I like this matchup. I think both sides are probably about similar areas of maybe not development, but performance. They they've both been uh, impressive at stages. GWS has certainly improved with new coaching regime. I think and Hawthorne have been really good in games, but have, have probably dropped away, and that's a sign of a young team. So it makes a good matchup. Uh, how do you see this one going at Giant Stadium in front of probably about 5,000 people? I think this will be one of the uh, shootouts. It'll be a high-scoring game. That's my gut feeling, providing the weather's decent enough. Yeah, pr- you're probably Haw- right. Hawthorne's a team yeah. that just pulls a trigger, and, and the Giants under McVeigh have done likewise. They really have wanted to take the game on. So on that basis, um, if Gunston, Wingard and Day come in, having proved their fitness, then Hawthorne become a real chance to win it. I've just thought maybe they've tailed a bit Hawthorne. Their consistency and performance is is just under Sam Mitchell has been terrific and there's lots of positivity. But probably the Giants, pound for pound or kilo for kilo, the Giants are a better side. Um, Yeah, I I agree. I'm going to pick Hawthorne. Um, I think they bounced back after a little bit disappointing last week and I think they win. Hawthorne, you go GWS. Yeah, but I, they are a bit flaky as well. But, yeah, the Giants, two sides yeah. are probably – And it is our picking, so anyone could win. Absolutely. Uh, that's it for the roundup. Uh, that's all the games you'll see. You are on the Shelter Footycast. Game to watch, I think, is Gold Coast Collingwood. 
Good game tonight, Brisbane Bulldogs. Of course, that'll be good to watch. But I think the intriguing one is Gold Coast Collingwood. Agree? Well, that's one I said match of the round. So yep. I, I, I'm on your train. Okay, so I've said exactly what Skeet said earlier on. Uh, <laughs> you're on the shoulder footy cast with Skeet and Scully. I like this little part of the show, a bit of a part of the interruption type setup where we take, we go through a couple of statements and you'll say one thing, I'll say the other, which is a little bit like our tipping this year. How about this one, Skate? You tell me where you land on this. The AFL should introduce a red card rule on the back of the Tom uh, Stewart situation. You think of every sport in the world uh, at high level, whether it's, say, rugby league, rugby union, soccer, basketball, just to name four, there is a send-off rule, essentially, ejections in basketball. There is the possibility of sin-bidding someone either for 10 minutes or for the entirety of a game. AFL, though, I'm not sure there's enough cases that warrant, I mean, Tom Stewart may have, but under the Tom Stewart scenario, would you then have the umpire make that decision on the spot, as in a sin bin or a red card, or would you have someone, being a third umpire, so to speak, look at that, take the time required, and then send him off? I think our game is a little bit more complicated and less frequent, those types of cases. I mean, we look back at the Gaff, Brayshaw, I think Jonas on Gaff, I think this one. Does this classify for a send-off rule? The AFL should introduce a red card rule, yes no. or no? No. No. Okay. Well, you really started like that was a yes, and then you flipped to no halfway through. What are you saying? I gave you a hope. Didn't you? I did, yeah. Did you? Because I was going to come straight at you and say absolutely not, because this game of AFL is a very different game. But – I liked you. I liked your bloody point at the start. Every professional sport in the in the world has a red card send off rule. Why the hell doesn't AFL have it? Well, it the, makes no sense. No, it might might make any sense, but uh, our game is a bit different. I mean, what we saw. Okay, the Tom Stewart case in point. What happens there if there's a red card available? Does the field umpire make that call on the spot? Yep, get him off. He influenced the game. Um, can't be doing that if you're an AFL player. You, you, you can't just go and knock people's lights out and then continue playing. So, so the umpire who sees what he thought was head-high contact... Yep, get him off, get the red card out, just like every other referee yeah, in the whole, if, whole if the he, world. If, he's made, if he hasn't made contact with the head, it's been to the shoulder, and yep. he's been sent off for the rest of the game, what bad in, luck. Well, what happens in soccer? That's the same thing, isn't it? If the umpire makes an error, it's no different to any other error the you know, player makes. Like for a penalty, for VR, yeah, VR or whatever? Yeah, absolutely correct. Yep. No, I'm... You, okay, so you don't want it. Well, I want to Get the red cards in, get them off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. I'm trying to entertain the people here. You bloody, you absolutely I know. effed me there. I'll tell you what. Anyway, long contracts like Clayton Oliver's are a bad choice for AFL teams. Now, just just take one side or the other here, please, Mark. I will take that this is, I don't think seven-year deals, 10-year deals are the way to go. Why? We, we go back to where the West Coast Eagles go for five-year deal to Peter Sumich. This is going back to the 90s. Five-year deal to Carl Langdon. Carl <laughs> spent four of those five years entertaining the crowd in a gold suit because he couldn't get out on the ground. So, yeah, there's, a, there's an example of long-term deals have very, very um, few upsides in terms of if there's an injury, if there's a lack of form over two or three. You're stuck. You're cooked. But what about take the positive side of life and look at one of the best midfielders running around in the competition? Maybe they just paid unders for him. Maybe they paid 700 a year to a bloke if they went two years plus two years plus three years. Maybe they end up paying salary cap-wise. Maybe they pay him a million dollars a year, whereas now 
I'd assume for a longer-term deal, he would have taken a pay cut to do that. He wouldn't have got paid overs to sign for longer. You know, that's that's a security for Clayton Oliver. I think potentially, if they've done their research, he's been a consistent player. He never gets injured. He always plays. He plays almost 100 minutes every game, uh, 100% every game. Doesn't come off much. <laughs> if you look at the AFL landscape and players you're going to do that with, I think Clayton Oliver's the guy to do it. I think it's a smart move by it's, Melbourne. It's a win for Oliver, I think. But for Melbourne, I think, well, unless they were obviously scared of a free agency picture where he gets seconded by someone else. No, I'm not a fan. Look, we know Buddy, we know Alistair Lynch, we know some long-term deals in footy, which have, have look, Buddy's one's been a success, hasn't it? So I seven years from mid, no. Yep, that's correct. Um, I'll give you one more while we finish up. Nat Fife needs to stay as a permanent forward. Get him out of the midfield. No. You'd like to see him in the midfield. I think he has to do both. He can't. I mean, you can't just. He's not a. He's not a natural forward in my mind. He's a natural beast inside mid. The first game that we saw him play back two weeks ago before the bite, I think it was a bit of a smoke and mirror situation. He played a bit in the midfield. He played a lot as the full forward. Yep. Um, I, I heard some commentary around some people that we actually worked with speaking about him going into the back line. Um, he, he played as a full forward and as inside mid. And he's, in his time as an inside mid, I don't think he impacted the game uh, like Nat Fife can. And it really took away from Will Brody's game. Now, the second game they play, Nat Fife looks worse in the midfield than he did in the first game. Will Brody has a great game, but then Sarong and Brayshaw's output is, is down. Mm. I, think, I think this was the risk, bringing Nat Fife back into that midfield. That was firing. It, it it changes the chemistry. No matter how good he is, it changes the way Fremantle is made up in the middle of the ground. And Sarong, Mundy in there as well, Brody and Brayshaw, they had a thing going that has now changed. Look, it may be for the better, but I think you plonk him down the forward line. He takes the best defender every week and he changes Fremantle's forward makeup for the better. It, like, there's, there's no way that's a negative thing for Freo. Whereas I think in the midfield, there's potential negative outcomes. No way, because if he's, as a forward, if he's the if he's staying full-time inside 50, for instance, yep. and your midfield is getting beaten on Sunday against Port Adelaide, yep. you just leave him there, do you? And well, let him rot in the forward pocket. <laughs> well, okay, put him at centre-half forward. Get him coming off the square and put an elbow through someone. Throw <laughs> no, his body so- around. He's a big unit at the moment. I just don't think you can just... Uh, pigeonhole him now as, as just a forward. I think the, the mix between the two, we've got to be flexible, Will, in this. You can't just have him as, as a forward because we know he's won two Brownlows as a mid. Well, you know what? He might win a Coleman this year if you play, <laughs> just leave him in the forward line. We've never seen it. You know what I think? I think you do. I think you do leave him as a forward. That's it. We're done and dusted here on the Shelter Footy Cast. You can find all the good stuff. You can listen to us on a podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. You can uh, search Backchat or Shelter Footy Cast. Links are in the bios across socials, which is Shelter Footy Cast. Uh, or you can send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. We need your country footy stories. Keys, keep your eyes open over the weekend for some of those and send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. We had the cousin of Paddy Ryder taking one of the all-time marks and a slab is heading out his way as we speak. Unbelievable. And, and didn't that create some headlines and some uh, coverage on news bulletins? Uh, I'm pretty on- sure we covered that first. Uh, like if we, had to, if we weren't first, we're, we're, we're second, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> if we weren't first, we were last. That's how the saying goes. And that's done and dusted. Shelter footy cast. Skate and sky. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.